0: All right, hey guys, and welcome to the Three Drinks In podcast, episode number 222. I'm your host, Vince. Over there is your host, Phil. Hey. There is Phil. Uh, In this episode, we are doing yet another deep dive uh, into um, a couple of Star Trek episodes that we wanted to highlight. This time, we're talking about the season, or rather the series finales of Star Trek Voyager and Star Trek Enterprise, which leave Netflix this month, I believe, Today's the last oh, day. Today's the re- last day as we're recording this. So, if you missed them, that's too bad. Before we do that, all that though, I want to remind you to subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening. Uh, be it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or iHeartRadio, or wherever you are. Make sure that you try and leave a rating or even a review. We really appreciate that. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Three Drinks in Pod. You can like us on Facebook and uh, compliments, comments. And sponsor offers can be sent to 3drinksinpodcast at gmail.com. And lastly, don't forget to check out our merch store over there at T Public. Have you ever had a Smithwick's Red Ale?
1: Um, Probably. I don't like red ales. They have an odd taste.
0: I, I don't mind them so much. Uh, this I think is terrible. I can't tell if it's just like this is not a good beer, <laughs> or I just haven't because it's it's not their usual. Sm, it's it's smittics. You say it with like a D, not a T H W. Um, so it's not Smithwicks. Hmm. Um, but I, I don't think this is their standard fare. This is like their um like a specialty thing that they. I don't know. It's not good. It's kind of weird. and
1: i'd like to get up and get a beer but uh i should have done that before we started (laughs) yes (laughs) it's literally right behind me i don't have a oh i do i have a bottle opener (laughs) do you want to go and i can i do Pretend to edit this out (laughs) continue talking about um how long it's been uh like we had netflix streaming service when it was like a throwaway thing you know like the dvds when they first started were the big service for netflix and then when they first started having the streaming, it was like, you know, you can add it on for like a dollar or two because they only had garbage on there. And Star Trek, Star Trek's yeah. been on the streaming service forever. So when we yeah. found out that they were taking it away, I was like, oh my god, it's been like fifteen years or something. It's been a long, long time. Yeah.
0: Well, you 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 go ahead, and I'll just keep keep talking about uh, Netflix. Um, but. Uh... See what see, see what's funny now is that like Phil steps away from the computer, and has no idea what I'm saying. And um, if he actually listens to the podcast later, he'll be surprised, you know, <laughs> that like I'm, you know, just kind of rambling around about whatever. Um, but I won't do that. I won't. Say, I won't say any, anything mean. But I will say that uh, yeah, Netflix first came to my attention when um, someone said to me, "Hey, you know, they have this service where you can rent DVDs in the mail." and i was like dvds in the mail that's impossible and turns out like no it did and it was a pretty slick service they sent you a package um that had like a cover that you would you know you would use it to open up the the the, the little envelope and inside was already like a ready to go pre-postaged and and self-addressed envelope that you, that you you would later you know you'd watch your vid- your video you would put the DVD back in the little sleeve. You'd send it back, and Bob's your uncle. That was it. It was really straightforward. Um, and that's when I was like, oh, my God, they have Star Trek on DVD. Like, and I hadn't seen that show since it went off the air. And, like, I remember Phil's back now, by the way. Um, <laughs> hey. Yeah, they can't see you wave. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
1: Sorry. They can't.
0: No. But I remember when when... When we were younger and we were like renting movies on VHS and dad was like, well, in my day, you know, you'd have to wait till it came on TV 48 years after seeing it in the movie theater. And that was essentially true for television shows. Like you could get movies at Blockbuster on VHS. That was a very big industry was just, but like. There were no VHS box sets of Star Trek, as far as I know. I mean, maybe they were, but like, well, it wasn't until no. DVDs became a thing you could really like mail a a DVD, and you know, it was a thing that would re- it would hold up reasonably well to being tossed around in the mail, whereas a, a VHS tape would not.
1: Right. Yeah. I, I mean, well, there's a couple things there. I, I mean, our father grew up in a generation where. It was unheard of that you would watch something more than once. Like he did not understand this concept. He's like, why would you watch it again? I'm looking at him like, why wouldn't you watch it again? It's, I enjoyed it. <laughs> and like, he just didn't, he couldn't grasp that concept. When um, the DVDs were, were easy to mail, you put them in little slips. They required no packaging. I, I was stunned to learn how many people were like not sending back what they want, what they were supposed to. And Netflix didn't care. Like really? if you got a movie that you really wanted and you wanted to keep it, you'd stick some other stupid disc in there and mail that back instead. And like so <laughs> many people got away with that. And me on the honor system, like, Whoa, oh, I sent it back right away. Was, well, people are jerks. Like, yeah. It's like, you know, people who ruin the ll bean return policy like this is why we can't have nice things (laughs) that i think about that a lot
0: because not only is the ll bean return policy not as good as it was but it is a shell of its former self yeah for for those of you who don't know ll bean (laughs) would take back literally anything that you'd bought from them so long as it wasn't working the way that it was and even like you know if it was just old they'd take stuff back it wasn't even like they didn't care that much but then people began to really abuse that and like they you know they'd show up with like a you know a a winter coat they bought at a yard sale and then exchange it for a brand new $400 parka and like I kind of see their point but you also like you 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 kind of shorten you you kind of sell your brand short by basically saying we no longer stand by this because you're all a bunch of jerks and I'm like ah, that's weird. Anyway, small yeah, digression.
1: But but I used to remember I was in college and like they started showing repeats of Star Trek, and I would tape it on Spike Spike TV on cassette Spike. You know, and I like you can change the setting where you get lower quality tape but you can get more of it like you can stretch the two hour limit to like four hours but the quality is not as good so i'd have like tons of episodes <laughs> it was the only way to have it it was the only way yeah,
0: you just couldn't watch this any other way and then and then yeah like the streaming That's... thing came out and it was like a bunch of movies that just last week they had done on mystery science theater like it was they, they, these were all yeah. just truly
1: <laughs> terrible if you wanted to watch baby geniuses too you could yeah, or the
0: cool surface starring Terry Hatcher was there mm-hmm. and like that was it. And then all of a sudden and, there uh, was Star Trek and that was there. Star like, Trek. Oh, we'll just watch all of this then. Yeah. And um Sweet deal. Yeah, it worked out really well. And now Paramount's doing its thing and so rather than, you know, having one cable service provide you with all the the entertainment at one place and a couple of niche things like Netflix mailing you things that you haven't seen in 10 years we know everyone has you know i mean at, at some point like i pay 200 bucks a month to to verizon it's going to be about that much just to get all my tv shows at the end of the day between hbo max and netflix and apple tv and paramount and it just goes yeah, on
1: it's awful yeah cuz like once i found out they were taking star trek off i was like I mean, I've seen it enough in my life that I probably don't need to watch it. Yeah. So, but it's it's just, it was, it was just something to have. It's like when people watch The Office and they just streamed it even though they weren't paying attention.
0: Yeah. It was just kind of background. It was like sort of comforting and which is, I don't know if that's pathetic or not, but like, it's just, it's, it's it's how I got through the early bits of the pandemic for sure. Like back when things were scary. And I'm like, hmm, I could watch the news or I could watch Star Trek for the 400th time or YouTube, you know, things about cars or whatever. Like, it, these are things I use to cope. Is that good? I, I, I don't know. Probably, I mean, I, I read a lot less now, so, like, that's probably not good, but.
1: No, that's bad. <laughs> I should do more <laughs> that's reading. a
0: bad thing. Yeah. Anyway, but so let's talk about the season finales of these two shows because they're they're interesting to me in the sense that I'm generally down on Voyager, as those of you paying attention to these recent series on of us complaining about Voyager, um, like I could recall, like yeah, I'm I'm generally I think that most of the show was, you know, its writing was subpar, its characters were not fleshed out, it showrunners didn't take advantage of anything that was happening in entertainment at the time even within its own franchise for how to you know create story arcs and you know you, you utilize the actual actors on your show not just the science fiction elements of it and so like it was kind of a missed opportunity for the most part um Vo- uh, Voyager was but I kind of felt that they did about as good a job as they could have done in a sort of interesting way with their series finale. I think that, you know, Next Generation's finale is the best one that they've ever done because it was, again, it was unique. It involved time travel, <laughs> of all things. And, you know, it 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 did did, did a lot of sort of summative type work without you know making it a clip show kind of a thing. It's about as good as you could hope it to be, where you kinda of summarize the characters. And that was even less of a um episodic show than Voyager was. Um and then there's Enterprise which was you know, it began sort of the same way that all Star Trek shows begin. Rocky, the first two years weren't that great. There are a couple of gems in there that I really enjoy. But things didn't get kicked into high gear until they got threatened to be canceled. And the, their fourth season was, I, I feel, like a triumph compared to where they started. And I felt that had they been along five years earlier, they would have been picked up for a fifth season and the show would have gotten the typical seven-year run that a Star Trek show was getting at that point. But I think the landscape was changing and nobody was willing to dump money into a show like that that was going to do pretty well in syndication but who knows and um they were just they were just missed the boat on that and um but their fourth season was great and they were on a really great tra- trajectory and they took a dump in the bed like i have never seen and so i figured eh, let's let's talk about how these two shows ended since they're no longer you know available to watch so, um, um all okay. right. So, what did you think of the finale of Voyager?
1: Uh, I, I'm not as hard on Voyager as other people are for some reason.
0: Did I did I cut you off? Did you want to say something else to to, to what I said? By the way, no.
1: no. You said a lot. <laughs> I usually do. Um, no, no. It was. I think Voyager took what the next generation was, and they. they They've made it for a, you know, a late 90s TV show. The Next Generation is slow and often dull. And the special effects are horrendously terrible. And once you kind of know what's going on in the episode, they're hard to rewatch. I think Voyager took a lot of that stuff and just amped it up a little bit. The action was better. The special effects were a little bit better, you know you can take certain concepts and stretch them out because you don't have Gene Roddenberry holding you back and be like, that's not based on science. Like Voyager was the king of being like the blobby blobby machine isn't working. Like, Oh, we need the blobby fuel. And like, you know, and then you're off to the races or whatever. I I think Voyager doesn't get the credit that it sometimes deserves. I'm not saying it's perfect. It's, you know, the characterization was terrible and the, the serialization that they ignored really hurt them. They just did the episodic format. um, But, it, you know, it was, and, and the writers have said themselves, like for a lot of people, Voyager was their Star Trek, you know, like not Deep Space Nine, not the next generation. People grew up on, on Voyager as that being their Star Trek. So they have a lot of affinity for it. Um, I think their, their finale was fine. I, I like what they also had time travel in it and it was kind of this clunky. um, It wasn't done as well as the next generation's time travel because, you know, once you start playing with time travel, it always ends up being like, well, why don't we just start over from, from the very beginning, you know, like, the, the plot of this one is that they do eventually manage to get home after being lost from the Delta Quadrant for, what was it, like 30 years or something? It's a long, long time.
0: Yeah, it's a long,
1: like 20-something years. Yeah, 20-something years. And they come back, you know, damaged and bruised. And some people died and, you know, all kinds of things. So the old Janeway finds a way to go back in time to her younger self and find a magic portal that takes them back directly to Earth. And she can only do it seven seasons into a syndicated television show. <laughs> like you know, it's like why didn't she go back to a little bit farther? It's like, well, I don't know. Well, but, 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 but.
0: I, I, no, I actually think that kind of works out because like Voyager has to be in the right place in the timeline. And like if they're like they have to be at the point where they get to this trans warp hub the you. So like I guess you could have said like, you know, make a beeline for it, but it's not it's 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 not as as like funky a thing like they hit a certain point in their journey where they ignored a thing and moved on. And he's like and she's like no, she jumps back in time to that point and says, "No, that's a really important thing and I'm going to help you get through that." You know, magic portal even though it's really hard. Like it's I can see why like you don't go back cuz like what they kind of do is what they do in Avengers Endgame where Tony Stark is like like we can change the past but we also can't like get rid of all the things that have happened since then cuz he 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 has a kid in the, in the interim and he's like I can't give that up so we have to make sure that we don't you know blip people out who've been here since those who left you know yeah before come back
1: yeah so they, and they do a nice job showing you well like what it's like in the future versus how it is in the past. Um I think their over reliance on the Borg was a bit much. Well, that's you know that's like the theme like, of their show. Yeah, well they said like we need to have a finale and the, the things they debated were like do they get home? How do they get home? But the one thing they didn't debate was we have to have the Borg in it. Because that's how it's always been. And I was like we, we have to we have to have the Borg.
0: <laughs> I think that was a big selling point for the show, though, was like they're going to the Delta Quadrant, and we know who lives in the Delta Quadrant, don't we? Like it, it, it I and think it was assumed fine. from the from the yeah. beginning that the Borg were going to be featured heavily in the show, so that that they, that they be in the finale is not really a, sh- a stretch. Uh, yeah, I guess so.
1: I, I mean, obviously, they went to the well with that too much, but oh, well, yeah, well, I'll I'll get to that later. Uh, yeah, well what's always striking to me, I think I mentioned this in that very old podcast we did where the microphones didn't work.
0: (laughs) It was like our fifth episode. Not like this one, of course,
1: (laughs) was that they, they invited the original writers to come back and write the show. You know, it's the finale. Do you want to write it? And they said, sure. And so the writers wrote everything as if they had never left. They did this with the enterprise one too. And it, Bugs the hell out of me when I watch the Voyager episode, and they're all talking like it was their first day on the job. You know, like this is the way the captain is. She's uptight, even though at seven seasons in, she was a little less uptight. You know, Belana Torres is worried that Tom Paris is going to be run off and be a flyboy, and all, you know he's not oh like boy. that anymore. Flyboy. She calls him Flyboy like five times. I'm like, nobody's called him Flyboy in years. Uh, he's not that character anymore. If any character ever changed, it was him. Because I went back and I watched the first episode and I was like, oh my God, it's like a different person. Yeah. He he, <laughs> he had, I mean, they both had it, had an arc.
0: She was a lunatic and he was a, you know, a smarmy jerk and she was less of
1: a lunatic and he was less of a smarmy jerk. But, yeah. and, he, and he was less. Yeah. I mean, he, he changed more for plot reasons than anything, but, you know whatever so so those things they always irked me but um i think in terms of a sci-fi finale i thought it was fine it 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 did what you wanted it to do which is it wrapped up everything and i know some people said it didn't but i was like those people are idiots
0: (laughs) what didn't it wrap up
1: i mean only the only complaint was that they got to earth in the last two minutes like they magically they take the trans warp conduit, they get all the way to the end, poof, they show up there. They're greeted by all these Federation ships and then roll credits. And everyone was like, What happens after that? It doesn't matter what happens after that.
0: <laughs> really? Somebody said that? Not
1: somebody, many somebody <laughs> said that. <laughs> but, but that's not the important part. The whole point no, is, it's... will they ever make it home? No, it's not. The important part. Do. And,
0: like, what exactly, like, like mission debriefing, like, what exactly is it that you think, what kind of scintillating, you know, like, Harry Kim's reunion with his mom? It's like, you know, at the end of certain things, you know, like, they don't do it a lot, but they've done it before. Like, there was episodes of Enterprise and Next Generation where, like, they they go through, like, a traumatic experience and then... They have a follow up. Like family is the best example of this after the Picard's Borg experience where he gets transformed into into Locutus, He goes back to his home village and has this like gut wrenching experience with his brother and it's just like it's like it's really, really good acting in that in that episode. But like you need that kind of closure because you then have to move on and explain how you move on from some kind of a trauma like that. The trauma of being in the Delta Quadrant for seven years is so elongated that to try to wrap all of that up is another, you know, another five years of like therapy sessions and, you know, seven of nine meeting long lost, you know, great uncles or whatever. Like it's just, there's nothing dramatic and interesting about it. Their reintegration into society, especially because they didn't really seem to leave it. Like they held down the fort pretty well. If, if, they had been like the crew of the Equinox and, you know, like, that's an awkward reunion when they <laughs> we, we murdered a bunch of aliens to, to make it back to Earth. Here we are. And, like, now they're outcasts from the, from the culture that they were trying to get back to because they had to degrade themselves in order to do it. That didn't happen on Voyager. Everyone kind of stayed the goddamn same. That was my problem with it. So, like, what exactly are you supposed to be watching after they get back home? Like, the parade? <laughs> like, like, I don't get it.
1: Uh, Yeah. Well, that's the way I think the finale did a nice job of like showing you that in the future that, that they've moved on from, from returning, you know, they all have different jobs and she's an admiral and the doctor works at Starfleet medical. Like they don't, they're not all on the same ship still in the future. And yet they always have like a little reunion every year where they get together and they have dinner. Like, Hey, like, you know, like the survivors of of a shipwreck almost like, (laughs) We're celebrating the fact that we went through some experience together that bonded us forever and, you know, we've moved on with our lives, but we all have that in our past. It it informed who we are, you know. Yeah. So I, you
0: saw it there. Exactly. That's all you need. Exactly. I was going to say that that, that that was a good way of doing it because how would that have been different from what actually what happened, you know, after the show ends? Like not like it's the same thing would have happened, mm-hmm. you know. I uh, I did happen to think it was funny that like every Klingon who has a prominent role in a Star Trek show always has to go on and become like the ambassador to the Klingon Empire at some point, which I thought like that same thing happened to Worf and that was hysterical, um, and then like Blana Torres, is like and she wanted nothing to do with the Klingons and all of a sudden she's like
1: engaged with, with and her with, daughter is engaged, like, yeah.
0: Which 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 makes some sense because she's a Starfleet off. She's at that point she's in Starfleet now too, and you know has something to do, and because she's Klingon, she th- theoretically has some kind of an in with that, but she's totally being used by Janeway too, which I thought was kind of hilarious. So, but um, but yeah, no, I think it 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 hits all the notes that you needed to hit, you know, and it's always fun to get cool future stuff and like the kind of things I wish that they would do in Star Trek is usually what you get in the future episodes you know new technology like I liked the idea that the ships would have like armor that would simply like materialize out of nowhere and make them impervious to Borg weapons I like you know stepping outside the box and thinking about what kind of technology we don't see th- you know but that we could see like it's like one of the things about Discovery and uh, I, I didn't like is that like their big thing was nothing because they all went back in time and made it look different like there was no te- technological thing that was supposed to be um because you know, you're going back in time you don't have any kind of forward thinking you just have to reimagine the old stuff the best they could do was the hollow talking thing where they talk to each other on Holograms and not view screens which is funny because like this is totally a tangent but like a lot of people who've written for the show were annoyed about the fact that they were doing things on view screens like they didn't like that it seemed dated to them to the writers like why are they on view screens we shouldn't have a hollow thing where they talk to a person who's just standing there and I thought that that was always a dumb idea because it it's sort of awkward to stage it you know like on a view screen it's just a phone call and we're all kind of used to phone calls and now we're used to doing what you and I are doing right fucking now (laughs) which is talking to a screen and like we can kind of get our heads around this but like if you materialized in my basement right now we had a kind of I guess we'd get used to it but like filming it becomes really awkward you know like when you film two people in a room you have different kinds of shots that people are sort of used to seeing. But if one of the people in the room isn't in the room and can't move around all that much as if they were, how do you film one person who can move talking to a second person who's stationary? Like it they yeah, kind of right. did it in, in a in a funny way with the um with the Eddington episode in D S nine. Where they wanted the two characters to interact, but they had no way of getting them to do it. You know which, which, which one I mean.
1: Oh yeah, I know that one.
0: Yeah, and like they oh. needed to have them be in the same room and like having an argument and like the two good actors and then yelling at each other. And it wouldn't be, it wouldn't have the same oomph of it if it was done over the phone, basically. And but and like that, th- that's that it. one's
1: that one skirts it enough because every time they talk. Cisco's always sitting in his chair. Right? Like, they set it up so it looks like on the floor, like there's like a circle, and that's where the image appears. It looks like he's standing there. And they they mime everything. Like, they pantomime things. Yeah, like tapping so like, a, a pad or a button. So, or... Yeah, like it looks like he's tapping something that's, that only he can see, and then he vanishes. Like, there's two... We all understand the basics of a screen and a phone call now, whereas, like, with the sci-fi tech, it has to sort of be explained. And they only ever used that thing one other time when they had the admiral in the office. And like he's got like a funny light on him like it's blue. So it looks like, you know, he's supposed to be different from them on the stage. But like they're all just standing in the room and apparently he can see all of them. Like what's it look like on his end? (laughs) Yeah, I know. And they do that. They do this in, in Avengers movies, too, where they're like. They're on some sort of screen, and they're they're all talking to each other, and and like they're moving around the room. I'm like, where's the camera looking at you? What's what's picking up a signal here? It, it's too much for your brain to comprehend exactly how this technology is working. So it cool. throws everything off. Yeah. And know.
0: like, but like, it was relatively straightforward how the view screen worked, even. F- you know 30 years ago when they when they did it no even even 50 years ago when they did it with um with kirk and spock like you got it it's a tv i know what a tv is and and they
1: can see each other
0: and the, the, the the cool thing about it to me was that like a it was crystal freaking clear and also like the camera wasn't it was in the screen so right now, our conversation—I'm not looking at you know at the camera. I'm looking at you, and so my eyes are slightly askew from where, you know, I—I I look like I'm not looking at you. But that was always cool about that show was that you just looked dead into the eyes of the person you were talking to, and as far as they could tell, they you were you know that's what, what what you were looking at. So, how did we get here? Oh, the future technology thing.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what. I'm really sorry, everyone. <laughs>
0: Oh, I love all this. Um but yeah, no, it was cool. It it's it's satisfied you know the urge twice. Like they get home and then they get home again and you get to see kind of the things that the, that 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 they would do if they get home. And then they go back and have a little adventure and you get to see I mean, I remember always it was people complained about the inconsistencies in um Janeway's character well here you got to see that play out you know she was d- two different people and I thought she actually did that pretty well too playing you know deliberately playing two different characters in the same episode as opposed to you know Tuvix and then you know for the you know then then like Fairhaven and like bouncing around like a schizophrenic half the time
1: what did you think
0: of the Borg Queen I have never liked the Borg Queen ever I feel that, like,
1: since... See, that's the one from the movie, too. Yeah. Like, explain that to me. So, so,
0: oh, I don't mind. Like, that's fine. It's just, she's not really a person. She's just an entity. But, like, the idea that your leader is like a, you know, like a computer program in your little network and that they just generate a new body for her, that's fine. The thing that was scary about the Borg... Was that you? They could not be personified. That was and 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 Q outlines it very clearly for them in the first encounter. In the is that the first season of the show? Yeah, that was the first season of the show. Is that is when you 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 meet the Borg? It's nineteen eighty nine. <laughs> God sakes! And then when they come back for real in. um in season, the end of season three into four, right? That's when Best of Both Both Worlds was. Like, they're terrifying because there's, like, they all look like people, but they're just zombies. Like, there's no single leader of the horde. That's what makes zombies so terrifying, is that there's no reasoning with them. They can't be, you know, they can't be negotiated with. And so... They make Locutus one of them to try to fill that role. It fails. It's not successful. And they remain the kind of faceless horde that's just terrifying and and ever-menacing. And then when they made that, you know, mediocre First Contact movie, which is the best of those movies, but it's not saying much, they had to make the Borg sexy? Like, that was their thing? like i didn't understand why that had to be a thing like why do we need sexy borg it 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 neuters them because it, it gives them a personality that is fragile and sort of whiny and you know it's not it's not scary she, you know she's i don't know it's just the the whole concept to me flies in the face of what you've created and you do it for a movie and then you continue to do it like I if they had done it for the movie and then we never saw the queen again and we got a line somewhere like oh we tried that queen thing and it didn't work out because it wasn't like you know there was an I instead of a we and I don't know what made Seven of Nine interesting is that she thought of herself as being part of a collective even though she wasn't anymore and the queen who ran the collective didn't think of herself as a collective. She kind of thought of it as like I'm in charge of this of this thing. It's really mine, and that it it neuters the whole concept. And so the fact that she was featured so prominently in in this was you know I I kind of get it because she was in other episodes, and it, you once you've gone down that road, you might as well finish the walk. But at the same time. You know the concept of it is flawed, and if you take her out of it, it does change the nature of the show, and the the Voyager crew's relationship with the Borg is different because of the of you know if the Queen's not
1: in the final episode. But
0: I've never liked the Queen.
1: Oh, opposite feelings, <laughs> you know. And the writers say it too, and I you know, I tend to agree that first of all the the Borg are overdone; they're not that interesting. And yeah. uh, and without having someone represent them, they're really not interesting because they're basically zombies. Yeah. They're just zombies. You know, they're really hard to kill. You don't just chop their heads off or whatever, but they're faceless, voiceless characters that just eat you basically. And they make you one of them. That's exactly what a zombie is. Yeah. So when you don't have somebody that can articulate anything to you, All you're doing is running away in terror and that gets old quick. I mean, I don't know how they made 11 seasons of the walking dead. You know, there's no King zombie that sits there and explains their motivations. You know, you, you need that. So like in the first season of next generation or whenever you first meet them, you know, Q is explaining everything to the, to the enterprise. And then when they kidnap a card, he explains everything. This is what I'm doing. I'm here to assimilate you. We're here to make you serve us. And then so when you see them and the, if they don't have that your only thought is oh these guys again like and we just have to get away there's you know the motivations that they have for all the the zombie episodes with the with the borg you need some sort of context I'm I, I'm not saying she was a great character for that cuz she you know making her a sexy looking thing was an odd choice you could have just made like a Big supercomputer that could talk, you know, like what if they're always talking about this collective, this hive mind? What if there was like a big mainframe or something, something really alien looking? Yeah, could have done it that way. And then, like, every time they plug in, they get visions of the mainframe explaining something. You, you need some sort of plot deliverance, you know? Yeah, you know, you definitely do. You need more. I mean, I think that
0: the fact that they're used too much is also a problem. I mean, I mean. You need that for sure if you're making a movie, which is why you should never make Star Trek movies. You should just you should you shouldn't do it because like the the need to do what they did in First Contact is going to be strong. We need to have a character speak for this race to articulate the plot and move it along, so we know what's happening. Um, and so what, what should we do? Uh, let's make it a lady, so Picard will have someone you know lock eyes with i have no idea um and you're right there's there, there's a more interesting way to do that they just didn't want to get that creative with it and they were kind of hamstrung by the fact that they had made the movie with, with alice creek and you know they they really wanted to keep that up but i'm yeah. also of the i'm also of the of, of the opinion that i think q describes them as like the weather like they're like the storm. They're like, you know, so, someone I think describes it like the, it's not something yeah. that you can argue with.
1: Uh, that was the guy. Uh, he's at the end of season oh, four. Yeah. He tries to kidnap them. Like his species finally lost to the Borg after like centuries of fighting them. And he said something like, hey, you just sort of avoid them, you know? Yeah. Which and, is a terrible analogy because <laughs> they're not like that.
0: <laughs> no, they're not exactly. But like it, if you don't have a central figure speaking for the collective, then I think what you need to do is one of two things, or both of these things. Use them more sparingly. Okay, make them more terrifying by just simply not having them show up quite so much. Or, you know, you don't show what the Borg are, do- are doing. You show people trying to figure out what the Borg are doing. And you show, like, you know, like if if they're happening, you know... Try, try to imagine. Like, actually, the Queen doesn't feature in the Species Eight Four Seven Two episodes, right?
1: Nope.
0: Okay, so that's when you get Seven of Nine speaking for them. But even up, to, up to the point when you meet Seven of Nine, it's just like it's up to the crew to kind of figure out how to interact with this thing that doesn't have a central hierarchy, like or a a a hierarchy like the humans so that they can interact with it. It's, it becomes like a cultural di- like problem, like a language barrier. Like, how do you talk to this thing, which is really one thing, even though you're interacting with it on a comparatively minute scale? Like, there are ways to make interactions with the Borg and trying to figure out what the Borg are up to kind of more interesting Without having a person explaining to you what they're doing all the time, like there's a, there's ways to add mystery to the experience by removing that voice of "this is what the Borg are up to," you know. And the the introduction of Seven of Nine was a way to do that. She was she became the voice. She she actually spoke, whereas the rest of them don't speak. But um, yeah. So like. The queen has to be in the last episode, I get it, but the queen never had to be there at all. So, you know, it's it is it, kind of like I always roll my eyes where it gets, like, super, like, moody green lighting and she's covered in Vaseline and she's sweating. I'm like, why is this lady so shiny? Like, it doesn't even really makes any sense to me.
1: So, yeah, that's my thought <laughs> But the poor queen i said how's your meat because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i was really I was like i was going to ask you if you thought it was interesting that they put back um alice what's her name craig 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 instead of Susanna thompson because they were doing something different but like i guess that doesn't really matter <laughs> i should answered that question <laughs> from, from what i understood
0: um alex creek didn't want to do it anymore and like there was something about the prosthetics she didn't want. She didn't want to have to deal with. And then so they went to the other lady who had been in another episode. Right? She had been in.
1: She'd been in a few. Yeah. In a few. A few yeah. I just assumed it's because she was too. Alice Creek was too expensive because she was in the movies. Susanna Thompson's always been like a TV actress. Yeah, I guess so. It's uh,
0: interesting. It's. <laughs> Me, being an actor sucks it's supposed to be so hard like we can't get Alice Creek so we'll just get you because we, we so can we'll afford you. you And they, and
1: you have to sit there and be like because the nerds are going to ask like are you imitating the, the last woman who did it and it's like no I didn't watch that I'm doing my own thing <laughs> when of course they said just do it like she did it please just, just do it the way that yeah this has already been done so if you could just imitate that that'd be wonderful yeah all right. I mean, this was before prestige television, so like being on a TV show was not considered a sign of success. <laughs> no, no, and you know, even for
0: some actors, it's still not. Yeah. So, all right. So, moving yeah. on to. Oh, okay, what were you was gonna say.
1: So I I I, I think it's a good way to end a show. I thought it was a good wrap up for the series. Yeah, I wouldn't say yeah. they hit it out of the park, but you know, you know I've was, seen I've seen worse finales.
0: So sure, it, it was it was a solid double. You know, like oh, it was, yeah. it was a frozen rope to, to left center. Um. All right. So the so, next one, yes, Enterprise. So they they invited the original writers to come back for this one too. Was that how this one was like I meant to reread yeah, yeah. the
1: sections of, of that oral history Brandon, before I. Brandon Braga wrote this one instead of Manny Cotto and everything. Right and it was also awful it was an awful finale
0: I, yeah i um it was easily the worst finale of the of the four of them like i mean i think you know i think that as far as finales it's sort of, it's sort of hard to put ds9 in kind of the same Thing because like DS9's finale was a finale but it was also the finale of like a little mini movie that was shot in the second half of season 7 of that show like that shows, there were like I think 7 episodes just barreling towards the conclusion so DS9's finale was definitely you know did, it had a lot going on it was 2 hours long it you know it did a lot of wrap up of both the story and the characters and yeah, you know, there was but it was kind of different in the sense that like it doesn't come out of nowhere. Like Voyager's plotting along and then they just find out they're going home one day and then you know Picard is, you know, time traveling for no reason one day randomly. Like they just there's not any rhyme or reason to what's going on with them. It just sort of happens. Um but with DS9 it's the conclusion of a very, very long story. Um Enterprises was so bad that I kind of like, you know, to rank it even number fourth, it seems like I think we should rank it as like number seven, even though there's nothing in four, five, and six. Like, it's so terrible. And watching it again just the other day, and I was, so there's a list of things that are wrong with it. Now for those of you who have no idea what we're talking about, the season fin- series finale of Enterprise doesn't take place in the time that you think it does. It actually takes place on the Enterprise D with Riker and Troy and it's it's smack dab in the middle of the TNG episode Pegasus where Riker is f- is faced with a personal dilemma as to how to Act when his old captain, now an admiral, shows up and tells him that he's about to continue doing something illegal and dangerous he was doing 10 years earlier when Riker was an ensign. And Riker has to decide, do I come clean about what happened 10 years ago and tell Picard, or do I keep it to myself because it's my duty, because he's the admiral and I'm only the commander. And he's grappling with this. And so he goes to the holodeck to get inspiration from an old hollow program that shows the last thing that the enter the NXO one enterprise crew does before being decommissioned and signing the Federation charter oh. and you get to watch an aging and somewhat bloated William Frakes or, uh, 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 Jonathan Frakes rather <laughs> there's no William Frakes yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, that's his twin brother. That um, uh, no, uh, Jonathan Frank's sort of lumber around a set that was hastily constructed with the wrong paint and like weirdo lighting. And Deanna Troy is there looking pretty good. She didn't look wildly out of place. You know, she's older and whatever. But like, you know, it was a bit roomier in 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 Riker's spacesuit than. Than it had been before, you know, when he
1: was a Svelte 182. Uh, yeah, he's he's much older now. Yeah, I don't know what the point of this was. Like, yeah, I I <laughs> don't know what they were doing. The, they they've said in interviews many times because people always ask him about this one. You know, what the hell were you thinking? And they were saying. <laughs> <laughs> I always ask.
0: what the hell were you thinking?
1: The hell was that? They, they wanted I, to do. I have do two questions. Like, one, how dare you? How dare you? Yes, I have a question. How dare you? <laughs> like, what were you know? What were you thinking? They so said we wanted to do um, one. It was the last one; it had been canceled, and there was no guarantee there would ever be more Star Trek anytime soon. And to be fair, we've only gotten garbage since. So they said we wanted to do one last really great episode for the fans about the end of star trek not just enterprise and i still don't know what the hell they were thinking because i don't see where that comes through in this episode no just because it featured Riker. (laughs) and he said and he and he said in interviews like i took the job because they would have gotten someone to do it he said like i didn't want to do it it wasn't my show and they were like look we're we need someone from the Enterprise on here. So he goes, "Yeah, it's a paycheck. All right, I'll do it." She, yeah, you care. I mean, he,
0: And he's been involved with the franchise for years. He's been directing for Paramount for a long time. He's not like, it isn't like he's been at home like working on his wood whittling. He's I mean, he's been a working uh, yeah. director in 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 Hollywood for thirty years now.
1: So so I'm not sure what the point of of telling this story was, you know. How does this relate to the crew that we've been watching the last four years?
0: Well, how does it relate
1: to anything? I mean,
0: that was what really hit home to me the last time I watched it. was like, and I guess I had thought of this before. I just really hadn't articulated it in a while. But Riker is faced with an honest-to-God ethical dilemma. Do I, you know, do the right thing or do I follow orders? It's a very common sort of thing in a military show, which is what Star Trek is. None of that happens in the scenes with the people on the old Enterprise. There is no similar corresponding parallel dilemma that anybody on Archer's crew has to face that would give him insight cuz she was saying like you know go watch this and you know Troy says it's it's going to help you figure out what to do even though at the at the time she has no idea what his problem is he's just saying i'm stuck and i have to make a decision and it's going to be hard and she's like watch this program because they make hard decisions in it
1: and they don't they make <laughs> make decisions very easily I think the decision is supposed because like I watched it again, looking for one, I think it's supposed to be at the end, right? When those aliens beam on the ship and they corner the captain and the commander and they say, take us to the whatever. And he goes, I'll, you know, commander trips or Tucker says, I'll do it. I'll do it. I will take you there. And Archer tells him not to. And then he, and like, they're only having this split decision because there's guns pointed at them. And he goes, you know, knock the captain out and I'll take you anywhere you want to go. And that's what they do. And then he takes him to a corridor where he causes an explosion and kills himself to, to destroy them. So like, is that what it's supposed to be? Because even that is not, that's not like following orders. That's like two best friends stuck in a, in a really bad situation. The other one's trying to save one. But that's that's very different from being given a military order. No, it's to keep, completely different. to keep your mouth shut. So, like, no, like a spur
0: of the moment decision made at gunpoint is not the same thing. Right, is yeah, so <laughs> like, what Riker has to deal with. Not to mention, <laughs> it's kind of a side note, but like the whole time you're watching this show for four years, Tripp is a pretty clever guy. And oh, well, that's a whole other thing, yeah. I mean, yeah, like the this whole sort of,
1: situation is so contrived, it made it's no sense, so <laughs> contrived, and I hated it like it I literally mean, didn't make sense,
0: yeah. He and, and and you really get the sense that he sacrifices himself for nothing because the, the whole point could have been made even if he doesn't die.
1: No, it was that was just a shock death because I mean, at that point, you know. We're trying to dupe these space pirates into getting back someone that they kidnapped. And they managed to do it. They have this big action scene. And they're like, all right, let's go. We have to get home now. We have to do this big uh, signing event for this big uh, diplomatic mission. And they go, well, no, not to worry. Their ship can't even reach warp two. And our ship goes warp five. Warp seven right- at that point. Well, I don't think that ship went warp seven. Whatever. No, it did. It said. So they said at that certain point, <laughs> all of a sudden that ship was there and caught up to them and was firing on them. And they were like, Oh, that's weird. I thought they couldn't (laughs) go that fast. And as they're walking down the corridor, all of a sudden there, the bad guys are like, how did they get there? They just happened to beam on at warp. That's pretty amazing. And then where's the security guards. No one showed up for a firefight. Like that always happens in every other episode. They said they're arguing and then you're right. Rather than like stall for time for security to come, or you know wait for the ship to get shaken and then you try to grab the gun like it happens in every single episode, his only solution to destroy to get rid of the bad guys is to lead them to a dead end and like cross a bunch of wires and cause an explosion, hoping it would take them out. I'm sitting here like nothing here makes sense. Who who wrote this? (laughs) Yeah, no, it was
0: it it was really bad
1: oh my god it was just I, I and like that's the kind of stuff that i didn't like not the nitpicky stuff like the holodeck couldn't let you put clothes on over you your real clothes like you know stupid stuff like that nerds always complain about
0: actually i thought that kind of stuff was cool like you know now that we have more you know better special effects you can make the holodeck do stuff That it couldn't do it before. That was kind of fun. Like That was actually the only fun part of the entire episode was that he's just kind of hanging out there. (laughs) I just just shrug because
1: I know the holodeck didn't used to be able to do that in the 1991 episode of whatever. You know, like the characters were usually in costume and would sometimes walk down the hallways in costume being like, I'm going to go do my Victorian era, whatever. And in this episode, you know, it looks like they just project the the outfit on him and all the nerds were like they couldn't do that before whatever man that's really not
0: important I mean not only is it not important but like the first time that you see the holodeck I think maybe one of the first times there's a massive continuity error because they couldn't figure out how to do they didn't have any CGI to make all the water evaporate from Wesley Crusher as he left the holodeck Hmm. like there was a whole scene where he comes off the deck and he's wet and it's like you wouldn't really be wet. You right? wouldn't be wet, would he? Like it? Like, like, what? like so, yeah, whatever, man. So don't tell me there's a problem with the goddamn clothes, please. You know, it was a patch. We figured it out. You know. uh, yeah, they like, got a firmware okay. update. It's not a big deal. So, like, I mean, it's only an hour long, too, right? There's not. It's the only one that didn't get a two-parter or or a. Or yeah, a it's
1: only al- it's only an hour.
0: Yeah. So, like, the, look, the problems with it are boundless. The, the The point they're trying to make cannot be made because the two stories are incompatible. The ending is as contrived as they come. The people, again, talk like they hadn't been around each other for the last three, four years, or for 40 years, whatever it is. Um, You know, they they were trying to do something that it's not possible to do you can't a season a series finale is supposed to conclude a tv show i'm sorry you think you're not going to have any more star trek but you can't have it conclude all of star trek and still at the same time serve the story it's just, just serve the purpose of your typical series finale which is just to conclude just this one show especially since like This show is a prequel. So it'd be one thing if you tried to look back upon the last, in our case, you know, at that point, 40 years of television. At their point, 200 years of futuristic history. And kind of say, oh boy, it's been a hell of a ride, hasn't it, pal? Like, you know, like, okay, fine, I can kind of see that. But you can't do that because it's in the past. Sorry. And you really can't do it in... 43 minutes it's just not possible so i mean talking about the dog that caught the car what what do you think you can't possibly eat that car it's insane so i yeah it's just (laughs) no what are you going to (laughs) do so like i yeah i don't I, i i it's not i don't think it's possible to have done what they wanted to do i mean the closest you would ever come to something like that you know, a real honest-to-God love letter to a franchise is The Trouble with Tribbles. Like, if you had to do an episode that really kind of looped in a sense of 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 history for, for the franchise, it's that episode. Because you have two storylines that run concurrently, that only interact in cute, funny ways, and, you know both are you know wrapped up and you know allowed to kind of hold their own, hold their own integrity and
1: this doesn't let that happen to either story yeah and that and that's a really good example of that but that's not supposed to be the ending of a show no yeah you and you, so like, like that kind of thing can't be the end of a show because it's busy doing something else (laughs) yeah
0: it's kind of of a one-off so like you're right like that wouldn't serve but that's as close as you get and it can't be a finale like how do you have a finale for a franchise like you you especially ones that one that's been around since the mid 60s like it just that's
1: i wonder if they thought there'd be no more star trek i'm sure they thought they wouldn't be involved with it (laughs) <laughs> I think that's really which is, what it was, you know, which is something that they would say a lot in interviews. They were like, oh, I'm done. I'm burned out. I don't want to do this anymore. And then they'd still show up anyway. And and none of those people are involved in all these new Star Treks, which is obvious because they're so awful.
0: I mean, I think there's an argument to be made because I've been making it at the top of at the top of my lungs whenever asked that we haven't gotten any new Star Treks. We have well, got gotten... wrong about
1: that. But no, I I honestly, God,
0: I honestly, God, <laughs> so. I, I think that like you know, there's style and there's stylization. Style is something that is complex and deeply rooted and much harder to define. You know, stylizing something is easy and cheap, and that's what we have right now. Is what we have: TV shows that are stylized to look like Star Trek, but it's not done. In the same style, and without that style, the thing is just a, is, is 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 just different. It's just it's they've slapped the name on it, and they managed to pull an, an octogenarian from England out of you know a, a retirement to you know have his stunt double run upstairs for him. Like, so, I think there's a reasonable case to make that like they knew that the kinds of TV shows they'd been making since 1989 weren't going to be made anymore. That's why the show was being canceled after four seasons. That's why we didn't get the patience of a seven-year run to really let the characters breathe and stretch and bring new ones on, make Shran a part of the crew, do all the things that they kind of thought they were going to get to do. And so I can kind of see why why they felt that that was going to be the end because they're not making shows like that anymore. They're making something called Star Trek. But it doesn't really resemble this in the least. And so I I I kind of share now their you know, retrospectively their worry about the nature of television and the fact that like Star Trek is slow and it takes time. And with the amount of content being required now, there's no time for it anymore. And so you can't really make the kind of shows that they were making back then. That said. You, you, they bit off more than they can chew in trying to say sayonara to an entire, um, you know, franchise U- utilizing one kind of obscure episode of Next Generation and, and
1: a weirdo story with these actors. Yeah. No, I I don't know what they were thinking. I can still remember all the nerds being like, we didn't even get to see Archer give a speech. Like, oh my God. <laughs> People People don't understand how television works. We've gotten enough talking out of Scott Bakula. Like, Scott Bakula never shut up the entire series. He gave a real... The the two episodes before this finale are... Are the one where they fight uh, RoboCop, you know, up on the moon.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What were they fight RoboCop on? You know, up on the moon.
1: (laughs) On the moon. And, like, he gives a little speech at the end of that one. I thought that one was fine, like most people consider that to be the finale of the show. And this other one was just sort of there. Yeah. I mean, like I don't hate the
0: idea of this, the, like the next generation characters looking back on these characters. Cause we're kind of doing the same thing that we acknowledge that this is like a, you know, a prequel in a way to the shows that we, that we ha- have been watching but it, they could have done it better it, yeah <laughs> it, 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 you know it it might have made an interesting like you know like the trouble with tribbles it might have made an interesting sort of one off so i'm like i'm not saying that this this really would have you know would have been a bad idea on its face it just was badly executed and had no business wrapping up the entire series so, like you know, I you know, find me a different story to tell with you know the NXO One crew that relates to Riker, and you've got a TV show, you know. So,
1: yeah. So it was a bust, sadly,
0: unfortunately. Yeah, it was a real let- I mean, like that. Like that was the last. You know, premiered TV show of like the kind of Star Trek that I like, and like, wow, what a disappointment. <laughs> like, I remember when they were like, oh, okay, well, that was different.
1: Uh. Yeah, so I remember watching it being like, well, that was something else. Like, I just remember thinking that what a bummer it was that they killed off um, Connor Trainier's character. The only interesting guy on the show. Yeah, that guy. The, the only one everyone liked. You know, and his death comes within, within the last eight or nine minutes. So they they do a little reflecting on it, but not much. And th- and then the show ended, and they're like, oh man, okay, I guess he's gone. And there was like really no hope of him ever seeing that croup that again, you know? Yeah. Well, it was nice to see uh, Jeffrey Coombs. Yes, he was back. That was nice. Yeah, it was it was good to have, have good old Jeff Coombs back. It was uh, just in an episode of uh, The Lower Decks. Not that I watched it. <laughs> not that I watched a, that kind of thing. Oh, my God. I still can't watch that. I see commercials on my Instagram or whatever for it because, you know the the algorithm knows i like star trek (laughs) just like (laughs) stop pushing your garbage on me i'm not gonna watch this show yeah and like so i i i follow
0: like this the star trek twitter account and you know they they oftentimes just retweet stuff and i really i don't know i'm trying to have more patience for people who like things that are garbage because perspective is a very powerful thing. I remember talking to my brother in law, who's you know, is a good deal young, younger than me, about how much he likes like the Star Wars prequels. And I kind of looked at him like, "Wait, what did you just say? Like, it didn't like it. it was like the Yahoo series about Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but better, what did you just say about Minecraft? About Minecraft. Um, <laughs> so, but like." You know, this is the Star Trek that. So that's right. The Star Wars that he grew up with. Like he was a little kid when those movies came out, and they were designed for little kids to watch. So like, I'm not surprised that he looks back on them with sort of positivity because that's what he was used to. You know, that's that's what you know. That was his his, his 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 entry point, and you know, for some people, like. What you like at 15 is sort of what you like for the rest of your life. Your music tastes don't radically change after that. Your tastes in movies and TV shows kind of remain within a certain thing, you know, a certain sort of, you know, wheelhouse. So maybe there are people who are genuinely excited about the the Lower Decks and about the new seasons of Discovery or Picard or whatever else it is. I, I do have a hard time with older people who like not who are like around my age and a bit younger, being still like super excited for all of this garbage. Like I, I kinda go like I can't relate to you at all. I have no idea where you're where you're coming from. Because if you just like it because it says Star Trek, then that's nice. But it's just not how I how we approach all this. And like I in, in talking to people about our relationship with this TV show and how we talk about it on this podcast all the time I I kind of don't I never feel like I'm defending us enough. I go, "No, we're not the weirdos that like everything just because it says this. We actually have standards and we we have found within this television program a lot of interesting, you know, writing and acting and you know, storytelling that we really think is unusual and rare." And then people come around and say, like, this schlocky thing is great because it's got cartoons and weirdness and like jokes and it's Star Trek because of the symbols. I'm like, uh, but it's not. <laughs> it's just junk.
1: Yeah. Well, that's when you realize that people are not looking at it the same way you are. And so you see, it's like there's like this disconnect in this shock. Like, oh, wait, you, 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 what? You're looking at that? You know, it's like when you look at a, a beautiful sculpture and then other people are like, "Oh, naked lady." And you're like, "Wait, what? No, that's not what we're supposed to. We're looking at the artistry of this or something, you know. Like <laughs> it just it's like a shock to your system." So, yeah. When we and went we- to the to the uh, convention, and there were some people asking really stupid questions. And you're we like, "What are you doing, man?" <laughs>
0: well, like I mean, that but see that that part I am not surprised by because that's been like a running joke about these conventions for years you know Shatner had that great SNL skit where he you know he comes on and he somebody asks him you know in season 2 episode 5 you know this was when that happens with this how did you know to you know cut the warp engines and go to impulse power at that exact moment and he's like get a life like what is the matter with you people? like he totally <laughs> just berates them for five minutes. and it's so funny cuz it's that's the kind of questions that like and I, I can't recall, we went to a, you know, a, a, it was a, a live podcast with Armin Schimmerman and Ethan Phillips. I don't think there were too many of those questions. There might no, have been there was, some. There was one or two. There was one, yeah. I mean, there Not was, a, lot. There was a, a couple of good questions. One of them was my question. I was all set to get up there and ask a question, and some guy beat me to it, like... You know, which was, did you have any influence over the character's writing? And the answer was, no, not no, not at all. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, those are the questions that we were interested in. And they did get asked. And I, I don't think there was too many weirdo questions. There was one proposal, I remember, that was hysterical. Because mm-hmm. that did not work out the way that guy thought it was going to. <laughs> Ooh, that was, that was tough. But, um... But like even like the bizarre questions about the the flotsam and jetsam of the sh- uh, of the show, you expect that at a convention. What I don't expect is people to look at things that are, by all objective metrics that I can discern, just not well made. They don't. They're not good. And look at it and like just be thrilled that it's Star Trek. Like that's sort of like their only bar to measure these things against is that. It's Star Trek Aren't you guys excited For the new Discovery For the new Picard Like No (laughs) I'm not And I just can't understand Your enthusiasm for it But these kids today With the clothes and the hair So So Well, No more Enterprise Unless you want to get Paramount Plus
1: Then you can watch it there Oh, well, don't worry. I still have the DVDs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Physical media. Holy cow. Physical media.
1: It just takes, you know, four minutes every time I want to switch to a different episode.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you got to find it. Like, where is it now?
1: Yeah. Like, which disc is it
0: on? Yeah. Honey, have you seen disc four?
1: Mm-hmm. It's all scratched.
0: <laughs> that was always the worst. When, it, when like, And it didn't happen much. But like when you get like a disc from Netflix and like it had been through the ringer. And yeah, you're like, oh, it's not gonna, it's not gonna play. It's just gonna, it's gonna stop every time I does that. Yeah, that was always disappointing. But if you guys out there have any thoughts about the end of these shows and why I might be wrong about you being wrong about Discovery and Picard, then you should let us know on Twitter or Instagram. We are at Three Drinks in Pod. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. You can email us at three gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen. Leave us ratings and reviews. Check out the, the store on TeePublic for all your merchandising needs. And I think that's everything.
1: Uh, yeah, that's all.
0: Okay. As always, please drink responsibly
1: and we'll talk to you all next time. Yep, take care. Bye.